the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network. people leo phillips here with this must be the gig your little backstage pass to the world of live music every week we bring you fascinating conversations from the beating heart of the performance scene with some of the most exciting names on this gigantic big spongy globe we talk to our guests about passion we talk about first concerts last concerts and everything in the juicy center this week, we are thrilled to share a conversation with the Greg Dooley. We were striving for intelligence and, uh, <laughs> and to know information that could help us later in a game. While Greg has made his name as the frontman of the legendary alt-rock band Afghan Wigs, his expansive catalogue, also featuring the Twilight Singers and Gutter Twins, shows the vast array of shades of textured, gritty darkness that are in the Ohio natives' range. Adding another hue to that spectrum is Greg's new, brilliant solo album, Random Desire, out this week. And in addition to the roots of his new record, we discuss, of course, his love of plants. We we also talk about obscure island trivia, his earliest concert experiences, some advice he may or may not have ever gotten, and so much more. So tune in and be sure to stick around for the live show of the week brought to you by StubHub. But in the meantime, let us not be delayed. This is me and Greg Dooley. Enjoy. Lior, where where are you from? Where do you think I'm from? It sounds vaguely Australian. Okay. One, one more chance. You only get one more try. That's it then for you. Then you must Off then the... you, then you must be a Kiwi. No. Okay, I'll give you one more try. 
So, so you're from somewhere in England then? No, <laughs> Greg, this is terrible. No, it's not um, terrible. It's a very hard accent. I'm kind of a mix between like a drunk Australian and a Brit. But I am still in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, I'm not currently in the Southern Hemisphere. But you're from the Southern Hemisphere, yes. but you're not a Kiwi. No. Where am I from? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut <Nah>. it. <laughs> Jesus. What, what else is down there? <laughs> I don't is know. Like, Get a freaking like, map, yo. No, I'm kidding. Is it is it is it is it Southern Africa? It is. It is. Tis tis I. Is it South Africa? Tis I South Africa. Are you South Africa? I'm so sorry. You know what? You're gonna be really bummed because I was gonna yeah. I was just gonna throw Zimbabwe first. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Okay, great chat, ah, great chat. Sorry. Let's let's uh, kick you out the house. Get out of my house. The, 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 thanks for the southern hemisphere. Though. Yeah, I appreciate that. And sorry, sorry it took me sorry it took me five swings to get you. I mean, it didn't really because I gave you a clue. Are you good at trivia? It doesn't sound like it. I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I actually, you know what? I actually am. <laughs> But it's a little early in the morning for me, Lior. So my, I, I'm, I'm, I just had my third drink of coffee. The excuses. You, you may, you, you may, <laughs> you may abuse me all you want, madam. <laughs> you know. <it's... laughs> Listen, we're friends. This is great. No, it's a very hard okay. accent. I have to say, it really is a hard accent. Are you from Jayburg or Cape Town? Cape Town. Good. I will, I have always wanted to go to Cape Town, and that's not a joke. Why do? You, why have you not gone? What is? What is this life with all these wants and needs? Well, it's real. It's real. It's, re, it's really <laughs> far. Okay. And sure. uh, and uh, that's that's really my only reason. Here's a question before we get going. Yeah. Have you ever been to Antarctica? No, but I have always wanted to go. <laughs> Now and, and 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 it's not that far from there. It's, it's no. And also, what is that crazy little island between the uh, Cape of Good Hope and Antarctica? The the most isolated island in the world. I think it belongs to Norway or something. Oh my god! I did not know. Most I'm googling iso- it. Wait, there's a little guy down here. Hold on. French Southern and Antarctic Islands. Bouvet. Bouvet. It sounds it's, like a French it's dessert. Bouvet. B-O-U-V-E-T. Well, it certainly is. Bouvet. Uh, it's, in, it's, entirely, it's entirely covered by a glacier. Can humans live there? No. Oh. The, most re- the, 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 the most remote inhabited island in the world is Tristan de Cunha. Oh. And that is 17... 1,750 miles from South Africa. I've never been... Wait, I'm looking at Bouvet Island. I mean, from my looks of it, yeah. there seems to be a house there. Somebody's living there. Well, on Google Maps. I don't think... Maybe somebody just Maybe somebody just goes to, like... Check on uh, the place. <laughs> check, the, uh, check the water pressure. Rangsan Klinkeo is the man who took a photo on 
Google Maps. Unless that's the area. I'm not sure. Listen, between the two of us, we would win trivia. That's all I've got to say. I'm just going to put that out we're, there. We're, we're doing... We're doing, put it on out there. <laughs> Putting it out there. Do you put things out there? Like, you know, when people talk about, like, willing the universe, do you do that with, like, your hopes and your dreams? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes I do. What did you put out there this morning? Other than I'm so tired, I don't want to talk to any South Africans today. I hope I don't talk to any Zimbabweans today. <laughs> That's what I put out there. And look, it worked. It worked. Look at you. <laughs> look at you. So let's yeah. talk. Let's talk shop. Okay. Talk to me all about, I want to actually, you know what's most interesting about you is that I was trying to think of what kind of music you grew up listening to because I feel like you possibly like a variety of different genres um, and obviously you grew up in Ohio. So what what was around you? What was surrounding your life in terms of creativity and music? Well... As far as music went, I was born in the mid-60s to an 18-year-old mother. Mm -hmm. So um, she she listened to um, Motown. So I sort of inherited her record collection. Mm -hmm. That was the first music that I really remembered and and really loved. um, through listening to that, probably the, the first record I bought was uh, Jackson 5's Greatest Hits. Wow. I still have it, by the way. Oh, you um, do? I do, yeah. Through, so I'm growing up during the 70s, mm-hmm. so the older kids in my neighborhood are listening to, I mean, the 70s were a great time for music, so... Um, but uh, uh, I definitely got into the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin when I was young. I liked them both a lot. Uh, but I did listen to a lot of R&B, and I listened to a lot of pop radio. So uh, um, that's that's sort of my that's sort of my background. I got into I got into soul music, pop music, and then as I got older, I I, I started to gravitate toward hard rock. I read that you that the band was formed in part due to your shared love of R&B. Um yeah, that was something we all had in common. Three of us did anyway. But so having that kind of music did did you have any idea that it would be something that you would go into? Did you have any inkling that it was something that could even be possible because those bands you know, Jackson 5 and Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stone, I feel like as a kid experiencing that, those kinds of bands were larger than life, right? So did you picture yourself in that place as well? You know what? I I actually did. Um, And then once I got into college and started seeing punk rock bands and... uh, um, you know, alternative type groups. That's when it became a little more attainable for me because I was watching people that looked just like me doing things that I felt like I could do. The, you know, there, there was the, 
there was the inspirational and then became the attainable. And then I just, and then I just started, then I just started doing whatever I wanted. So you did, you did do anything you wanted. I mean, that's wonderful. That's exactly what you're meant to do, right? As a creative, you're meant to be inspired and then kind of take it and mold it to who you are and see how it fits. Exactly. But then what, so with a mom so young as well, what kinds of things from your experience of living in Ohio made you interested in creative writing and then writing and being part of that process of music? So not just the performance aspect or the physicality of it. What what made you interested in the kind of background process to music as well? Well, when I was in school, mm-hmm. I was very uh, cre- creative writing was was my favorite uh, uh, subject. Mm. I love to write. I love, I love, uh, I was writing short stories. I was writing poems. Um, I was drawing, um, I was drawing cartoons. Um, so I, I always had a very vivid imagination and would seek out ways to, uh, to enact those mm. feelings. Do you still do some drawing? Badly, but I have a sketch pad. I, I have, I have a, I have a pad that I take around with me, especially when I travel. That uh, I'll just go into and I'll write things and draw things. Anything to you know, keep me off the telephone, messing around with that. You know, just to try to transfer my curiosity to something that uh, belongs to me rather than something that I'm just borrowing to pass the time. Sure. You mean like just being absorbed in the internet and taken, you know, a hold of as opposed to like having a craft that is quite cathartic. Yes. Instead Mm. of instead of trying to instead of, you know, flipping around surfing, which, you know, I mean, I am also guilty of. But uh, I mean, we did it uh, like 10 minutes ago, both of us. Right there, exactly. But we did it for a reason. That's true. And that that, that was... uh, (laughs) And that we 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 were do, we were striving for intelligence and uh, and to know information that could help us later in a game, for instance. I love that. Uh, honestly, anytime someone says to me, "You've been on your phone too long," I'm going to turn to them and say, "I'm striving for intelligence. Leave me be." And they, exactly. Greg I, told I, me. I am trying. To, I'm, I, I am compiling information. As a matter of fact. Fuck, it's so scary, though. It really is scary because I think, like, crafting is becoming, just like plants for millennials, crafting, like, crochet and embroidery and and uh, ceramics and things like that. It's really becoming popular because people are trying desperately to stay off the phone and, uh, you know, be a little bit less robotic, use their hands, feel accomplished. But it's frightening. You know that that it's taken us to go all the way in circular motion, all the way back. What did you say? Millennials are doing what? They're using plants. Oh, plants! Yeah, I mean, I'm like at the older edge of a millennial. Having plants around you and greenery is a very important skill right now. They're obsessed with plants. Like walk into any hipster bar or cafe, and you'll just see plants everywhere. Or plants, as uh, you like to my, say. Because I, I, I have, I have, I have plants. <laughs> I have plants all over, <laughs> all over my house and my property. Well, you're a so you're have, a I mean, dang millennial. There you go. 
I'm I am a, I'm a, I'm a, a I'm a conjured millennial. That's fantastic. I also you know what I am. I'm a Taurus. That's that's why that's why I have plants. Wait, what? Do you name your plants? I don't name inanimate objects. Oh well, ever. I'm sorry for you. You're missing out on an entire yeah, I'm, world. I'm, I'm, I'm guess I'm guessing you do. You know what? <laughs> I have I, I have so many plants. There's no fucking way I'd be able to remember every name of well, them. Again. I mean, I have hundreds of plants. I really so. Firstly, I have to say I need proof of the plants. Like I, it's probably terrible of me to ask, but I'd love to see a photograph of all these hundreds of plants and also your Jackson Five Greatest Hits album. Because I don't know if you. T- okay. We're on the phone, so I don't know if you lying. No, I believe you. I believe you. Well, the plants. I, the the plant. The plants I'm looking at right now. The Jackson Five record is in a storage facility, so okay. That's. That's not gonna help. That's that that I can't do. But if you sent me your phone number, I could blow your fucking phone up. No, with all so the plants, plants seriously. Right now that that oh you God. you would not be able to you. handle it. I'm not even joking. Can I text uh, you? You can text me while we're talking. Yes. I'm not joking, man. I mean, okay. I'm just gonna like start blowing your brains out. Send me plants or else. That's my message to you. All right. I love put plants. put on my britches here. Oh, Listen man, me too. That, that ain't no joke. I talk I to all of them. Me. But I've also, I've also had to really try and figure out what sort of plants work inside because I'm now in Chicago. So I have no idea. I, when I first moved here, I had no idea which plants would work with this fucking terrible weather and then beautiful weather and then terrible weather. So right. now I've, I've finally gotten a handle of it, I think. I just Hold sent on. you a threat. I sent you a threatening message. <laughs> I like. I, I can. I, I, your threats don't scare me, lady. I'm about. I'm about. I'm about to scare you with the sheer volume of plants. I'm so I'm excited. Gonna... Seriously, plants. Right, there's there's nothing better, personally. Well, maybe my dog. And my husband. Your your dog and your husband. Yeah. It goes are, in those order. Are, those, are, those, <laughs> those should be higher than plants. Yeah. <laughs> Here's just the deck. Oh, my God. Wait, where do you live? I live in Los Angeles. Oh, well, so you're lucky. You can have any type of plant you want. <laughs> Good job. Is your husband American? Yes, he is. Does he he's, he's a Chicagoan. He says, hey, oh my God. hey, Lior. He's got, he's got, he's got the crazy <laughs> accent. Yeah, hey, Lior. Hey, Lior. I'm going to go oh on the roof. Oh, my God. I'm going to on the roof. You want some that, yeah. potatoes? <laughs> you want some ah, potatoes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I lived in Chicago for a minute. I love it here. I really do. It's a good city, especially when you're not from here. You know what I mean? It's like. I think New York is a little bit kinder to foreigners and immigrants, but Chicago, at least, like, you're meeting interesting people. Check your text. I'm on it. I'm looking now. There they are. They just went through. Oh. Oh, my God. You weren't fucking kidding. That's just the deck. No, man. Greg, why have you not, like, done a whole... Uh, expose on oh, yeah. your love for plants. Do you take care of all of them on your own? 
I do. I, I have a. I have a. Um, I also have my landscaper come once a week, just because I I could not handle all this by myself. No. What do you do when you okay, go on tour? Well, he comes once a week. Oh, so, so he takes care of them. I told you you were going to be inundated. Yeah, no, this is great. These could be like backgrounds on my computer. This is art. You should draw these plants. What kind of things do you normally draw in your sketchbook? Just weird faces and abstract interests of myself. Why do you think they're not so good? Have you ever thought of um, doing anything with them? Like an exhibition? No. Oh, shush. Ooh. No. Ooh. But I've done, I've, done, I've done a couple of photo exhibitions. Ouch. What happened? Uh, I just knocked my head on the... On a plant? Shade. Oh. On a plant. Hi, my name's Greg. <laughs> my name is Greg. My name is uh, Greg. Okay, Greg. Oh my God, there's more. Shit, your place is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. How long have um, you lived in on, LA Katie. for? I've lived in LA for well, I've lived here a couple different times, but this particular time, twenty years. <gasps> is that a forest? What am I looking at? That is that is my that's my yard. <gasps> I'm blown away. Yeah. I wish I could shrink myself and then just live on one of these leaves. <laughs> there, there you go. That's such a weird thing to say. That's the most weirdest thing to say. So now I think now I now I think you can take my word about the Jackson Five <laughs> Okay. Fine. You've proven yourself. Well done. You win. Thank you. Um, I so we appreciate it. I know. I have to say, I appreciate it. Pause the podcast. It is time to step away just momentarily from the conversation with Greg and I to share a little something Engineer Adam and I like to call the live, live show, show of, of the week. week. What do we do every week? Every single week, we highlight one of the most exciting shows out mm -hmm. there that we could find so that you, our pod people, can go and attend and have your mind blown. <laughs> we also do it so that we can live vicariously through you because that is what the world is about. Shared world changing. <laughs> Shared world changing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic S-W-C. Yeah, it's a classic yes, SWC. Sir. So this week we are highlighting a performance from our very dear friends and our beloved's Wolf Parade at the Paradise Rock Club in Boston on Sunday, February 23rd. We here at TMBTG Studios can vouch for the loveliest fellas, Dan, Spencer and Arlen and their three pups. Yeah, if you haven't seen that picture of them with their dogs. We'll post it. We can post it's, it. It's, it's primo. Per it's perfect. They're all curly, curly foots <laughs> and sweeties. Also, if a band is going to post a photo of themselves yeah, this in is a new rule. 2020. If you're a rock band and you're not taking a promo shot with a dog, what are you doing? Get out of here. What are you doing? Get out of here. I'm walking here. Also, of course, I have to just shout out, not only are they wonderful lyricists and musicians, their dynamic live shows are just 
one of my favorites. There's yeah. no way that you cannot have fun at a wolf parade show. Come Plus, for the dog pick, stay around for the live show. Mind-blowing music live <laughs> show. But uh, why don't you head back and check out our episode as well with Dan Beckner while you're at it. Because yeah. that was done live in Chicago just moments before their show here. Uh, at the House of at Vans. At the House of Vans. And what do we choose? God, I can't even. There was so much that we chatted about that I can't even knowing, pinpoint one thing. Knowing you and Dan, probably science, science fiction, fiction novels and Russian and politics, socialism. <laughs> socialism. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful, and also especially considering that they have their brand new album in mind out now. You can obviously buy that there. So get your merch straight from the artist. Say hello. Tell them Lior Tell sent, them you. Lior sent <laughs> you. Don't do that. No, really, you should no, do really, that. No, really, you should do that. Yeah. And if you want to get in on the excitement of that show or any other event out there, you can always head over to StubHub via cosradio.lv slash StubHub to find the best selection of tickets to all of the hottest shows. One more time, that's cosradio.lv slash StubHub. And while we're talking about important things that you can do while you're on the yes. internet, let's talk about... How you need to go to Apple Podcasts, to Stitcher, mm-hmm. to Spotify. Google Play. Um, Google Play. Spotify. Did I you said say that Spotify? One. <laughs> well, let's say it again. Spotify. Spotify. Or Spotify. wherever you're listening to this podcast right Spotify. in this very moment, head there, subscribe, rate, review, make it five stars, stick around, listen to all the back episodes, listen to all the yes. upcoming episodes. That's kind of we wanted to talk about now we don't really have much of a plan but what we do want to say is that if you are not a regular listener which obviously i mean why what are, why, you, doing? What are you doing here? but if you are just popping in for the first time go it's like a little casino game Take your take the what's it called? Sit at that <laughs> slot machine, roll the dice, and find the artist of your choice. Flip your there finger you through the the, the stream you until you find one at random, and then go listen. And to also it. maybe click on an artist that you aren't familiar with, because these conversations are really fine tuned for somebody like you. Then, because I dig into the artist world from different angles and make sure that we're talking about all the things that they have never spoken about before in a way. That is very comfy and casual because the name of the game, performance and art and passion, is really important to speak about casually because everybody wants to know. That's the thing about TMBTG is that it is at once a great primer for somebody who does not Mm -hmm. know the artist. But then also, if you are a super fan, you're getting things that you'd never heard before. So it's it's a bit of both. But it also isn't us trying to gamify the system by saying that they're just getting things that they've never heard before. It's also, in a way... Very genuine. It's very genuine. And also, the the, the goal of the show is to offer a platform to artists that you might not know a lot about to talk about the things that really matter to them. Absolutely. But let us return to this week's interview. Back to me and Greg Dooley. Enjoy. I really do love nature. I, I do. I, I, so I'm glad. I, 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 do, I do too. So important. Clearly. I woke up in South Africa where I used to live. I used to wake up, sit up in my bed and used to see the sea line, the shoreline. These were the, these were the days, my friend. 
right? Wait, so I did you go to Joshua? I read that you went to Joshua Tree to record for this new album that you are releasing very soon. Is that true? Uh, I did. I did. I went several times. My friend Christopher has a studio and a home out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I did. Uh, I did the majority of the record in in Joshua Tree. Yes. Do you feel like it wouldn't have been the same type of record if you did it inside a studio in a city or what have you? Do you feel like that sort of surrounding, just looking at you know your garden? Do you think that that helped you in any way kind of disconnect or feel more connected? What what was the thing that it kind of pushed? Um, Joshua Tree for me is a place like where I can go lay my thoughts out on the bed and hear them. You know, like it's, 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 it's really quiet out there. Um, there's no, uh, there's no city noise. There's no light pollution. Uh, so the skies are super clear at night. You see, you know, you can see the Milky way. You can see the constellations. Uh, you know, I mean, occasionally you'll hear coyotes, uh, yeah, occasionally you'll hear like the the uh, the army or air force testing their bombs out there too, which is pretty uh, pretty trippy. Yeah. But for the most part, it's an incredibly serene and peaceful uh, environment. So yes, I think I think whenever I work out there, it's 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 absolutely affected by uh, um, my 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 songs are affected by my environment pretty much wherever, wherever you are, you know, like, you know, there were a couple songs done in other places, but they were all put together in Joshua tree. Like every, okay. I, sang, I sang all the songs in Joshua tree also. So, you know, I mean, I would say probably 85% of the record was, was done in Joshua tree. In terms of needing that kind of, I don't want to call it an escape because, as you said, you know, it's not like you only were were there during the process of the record. But what other things do you need in terms of, like, what do you need to make sure that you're at your creative, you know, best? In in this particular case, like, yeah. I, I made this record. I made I made this record out of necessity because all of my bandmates in the Afghan wigs were all doing other things. Okay. Uh, 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 so. I did this to give myself something to do. Um, okay. Uh, working, wor- working with Christopher, I've known. Uh, first of all, I've known him for 25 years. Secondly, we've been working pretty closely for the last five years, so he. It's a really comfortable place for me to work. You know, like he he understands me. <clears throat> I don't have to. You know, there's a lot of uh, unspoken um, uh, communication while we're working. Uh, he, you know, he knows, he just knows, he knows me. And that's a comfortable place as a, as a performer to be when, when the person you're working with can, you can let go and let them guide you a little bit. Um, uh, and he's, he's someone that is just a really close friend of mine and someone that I, 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 I respect in 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 every way, and, and certainly his his uh, his skills as a producer engineer are as good as I've ever come up against. 
So I, I, I absolutely love working with Christopher. I love working in Joshua tree. Um, and, uh, uh, both, both of those things were, uh, integral to the reason the record sounds the way it does. So since you've been working, of course, like in a band format for so long and have of course done your own solo things before, what in terms of now, after all these years, what did you, what were you really surprised by from yourself? Like what happened when you were like, oh, I did not think I could ever do that. What, what really surprised you during the making of this about your own skill set? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, as time has gone on, I, I, I have, there, there are, there are things that I know about myself that gave me the confidence to do this. So I wouldn't say anything really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, perhaps <clears throat> that I'm the singer on all of the songs. There's one other singer. Uh, my friend Avi sings background on the song, marry me, but all, all of the other songs, I, I do all the vocals and, uh, um, uh, but that doesn't surprise me really either because I, I, uh, I've become, uh, uh, you know, confident in my singing, more confident in my singing over the years. And, and, uh, so I, I, I feel like, I don't feel like anything surprised me, but I was, I was, I was pleased by my progress on in, in several things, especially the singing, especially the drumming. So the, those those two things in particular uh, were were the were the things that I I probably put the most care into. Yeah, I really love the layered vocals on It Falls Apart. I mean, your vocals are always really textured and rich, but that one kind of takes it to another level. Um, so was that, it's a pleasure. Was that something, was that a track specifically that you felt you took care in or is it, is there, I mean, obviously, how do you pronounce, cause I know you sing it pantomime, pantomime, how do you sing it in the song? Pantomime. So, I mean, of course there's you know the vocals in that are just fantastic as well but was there a particular song where you took care because of maybe the intent behind the message of the song or just where you were at li- in life when you were recording it was there one song that kind of stood out in terms of that the 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 songs like pantomima in particular has a lot of vocals on it just just the lead vocal is three vocals uh, the chorus vocals are six to eight vocals, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's the, those those are stacked. I obviously took very a, a lot of care in working on the vocals on that song. Um, the uh, um, the vocals on uh, the tide at the end there's uh there's a three-part harmony response vocals on there those were um you know i went back to those i i you know i i had them one way and then i added another layer to them so a lot of experimenting like seeing what else could be done with my voice uh including on the song scorpio i used a, a a pitch shifter in the middle 
and uh, 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 completely changed, you know, the 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 sound of my voice with uh, with a pitch shifter. And uh, um, so a lot of manipulation, you know, with vocal manipulation. What does pantomima mean? Pantomima means pantomime. Well, I, 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 I'll tell you what, when I was, when I was, uh, I lived in Italy for a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those, those, those words float through my, through my thought process. Sometimes I needed a four syllable word. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think uh, uh, in the first verse, the four syllable word is desolation. Mm -hmm. So I needed another one for the second, uh, for the second verse. And that one just popped into my mind because I think in the song I was um, kind of talking about how people talk without saying anything, you know, thusly the pantomime. So, uh, um, but, uh, but uh, pantomima, the exciting word and, uh, and had the, had the syllabic impact that I was looking for. So thus I got the word and I got the name of the song too. Yeah. Two for one special. <laughs> a two for. But so is sem the sempre, yeah. is that also Italian? Because obviously I know it in music theory or like pizzicato, plucking. Um, so is yes. that also, okay. I love that track as well. I it have is, to it say. Is. It is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's great. Thank you. Um, I, I, I like it too. <laughs> Good. Is there any song that you hate? <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked that question. There's no, there's no, there's no songs. There's no songs that I hate. That would be so weird I if somebody love, said, "Yeah, I, I hate, I hate number eight, number ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would, that, you know what? That that would be good. Yeah. But so the video as well for Pantomima. I just want to quickly go back to that because obviously the energy of the song is. Um, is just kind of unstoppable. Did that one come from the bass line forward? Because I feel like the bass is so prominent on that track as well. It gets two basses, Lior. Oh, it's, well, uh, there you go. There's, there's one bass just kind of chugging one note. Mm -hmm. And then the other bass plays plays the chord progression over top of it. And uh, um, that, two bases for the price of one. You're getting all kinds of deals here. Two for. Um, and, uh, um, and then I added the melody next. Mm -hmm. I added the guitar after that. I added the Mellotron after that. The last things that I added to that song were the drums and the tambourine. And, and that, that song did not have drums or tambourine for about seven months. Mm. And then right at the very end, I put drums and tambourine on it and it totally transformed the song. Were you playing the drums as well? I'm the drummer, yeah. Because I was interested in finding out when you first started playing guitar, but now I'm kind of interested in when you started playing the drums. I started playing the drums when I was 12. Whoa! Yeah, but then I, 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 I played them and then I stopped playing them. And then I would mess around with them whenever, like, you know, my drummer wasn't using them. So I would mm -hmm. practice through the years, like at sound checks or at practice. Um, I would just practice, uh, uh, practice hitting, hitting them. 
I play drums. I'm not a drummer, but I do play drums. Right. So you wouldn't define yourself as one, but it's something that you can do. It's something I can do, but but real drummers can do insane things that I could not even dream of. So, um, no, I'm not a drummer, but I do play drums, and I like playing drums. Did you ever say to Dave Grohl when you were working on that uh, Foo Fighters song, did you ever say, like, hey, let me take over? You didn't say that. I did not. <laughs> no, I can't. You know what? I don't even remember playing on that song. But wait, maybe you didn't, so, and the internet has lied. No, I'm sure you did. Come it's, on. I, it, that, 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 that's entirely possible. <laughs> um, that, was a long, that, that, that was a long <laughs> time ago. I, I really don't remember it. Wait, come on. You Might wouldn't remember that? No. Can we fact check it now? No, so you're because, saying it I didn't mean, happen. I didn't say it didn't happen. I just <laughs> say I don't remember it happening. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no. Okay, but <laughs> can I ask you something? Because this might be a strange thing, a strange question, which uh, maybe all mine are quite strange. But when you are playing the drums and the different instruments and then you connect through guitar, are you? is there a different feeling that you're getting in terms of how you react to music or how you're listening to certain levels or what... what how many motions do you go through when you're playing those different instruments, if you do at all? Or do you feel the same way playing all of them? Is that a weird question? No, I, I definitely, I, 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 get, I get a bit more excitable when I play drums. Like drums are, drums, are, drums are a visceral thing. You're hitting something, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, so, sure. so like the, 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 the striking, the... The, um, the 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 rhythmic activity of it it's it's um it's exciting like i i love to play drums it's fun you know like there's something there's something childlike about it like i get like i get kind of like oh my god i can't believe this is happening <laughs> you know what i mean i get like I kind of get, I kind of get that 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 feeling a little bit. It's, it's when you feel it, like you feel it, you know. You're, you know, you feel it when you strike. You feel it when sure. you're, you know, separating yeah. with the with the kick drum and the snare and and the hi hat and and all that. I, I I love to play drums. I might I might have to go play drums today. I think. <laughs> Pause the podcast. Pause the podcast. Are you looking at a calendar full of great events but struggling to find tickets? StubHub's gotcha. Whatever your favorite band, team, or venue, StubHub is here to save the day with the best tickets for any budget. Whether you're looking for a seat at a Broadway show, tickets to the summer's big arena tour, or a night of cheering on your hometown team, StubHub has the seats you're looking for at the price you want to pay. Head to cosradio.lv StubHub or their user-friendly app to find tickets that are 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. StubHub's never sold out with the most shows, the most tickets, and the most fans. So head on over to cosradio.lv slash StubHub or the StubHub app. The best tickets to the best experiences in music, sports, and theater. That's cosradio.lv slash StubHub. 
Are you a person who can focus on one thing at a time? Or does a lot of different things excite you at the same time? I get I get excited by a lot of things, but I can focus on one thing okay. at a time. It it, it 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 feels, you know, that that comes from like, you know, practicing meditation and and things that I've done through the years to to simplify my existence. So uh, yes, I can yes I can focus on one thing. It's uh, you just you know, you just you just remove remove the distractions. And uh, and begin the focus. What sort of meditation do you do? I'm very curious to know. I just do. I do my own version. Like I, you know, I started doing it in a yoga class years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you know, I just I just kind of do. Um, you know, I sit quietly. I focus on something, and I eliminate distractions. And I, I just, you know, look for the peaceful place and, uh, you know, whether my eyes are open or whether I'm, you know, seated in Lotus or, or sitting in a chair, uh, you know, I can zone out on an airplane. Uh, you know, a lot of times when I get on an airplane, when everyone's like, you know, bustling around and putting their baggage in the overheads and stuff, that's, that's usually a good time for me to, you know, try to check out a little bit um, uh, and just, you know, focus on, you know, focus on, on simplicity, like my breathing, for instance, you know, you get your breathing down, you know, you're, you're just, you're working on that. You're working on the essence of you. <clears throat> so uh, that's, that's, that's my, that's my methods of, of meditation. Did you feel like you were very anxious and stressed at a point and then went to meditation, turned to it? Or do you feel like it just naturally, like you said, at the yoga class? Like, was there any point in your life where it was really like you just weren't kind of in tune with yourself? I think, yes. Yes, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I think uh, yoga was a discipline that um, that I, I, I started to, to really take to. And, uh, um, and within that, you know, yoga is a lot of breathing, you know, you're, you're constantly breathing and that, that breathing just kind of would like regulate, even when you're like, you know, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a hold that is, you know, strenuous or, or stressing your body out. That's, that's also when you want to try to find peace in your mind, you know what I mean? Because you're challenging like your strength or, your 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 uh, your physical strength, uh, um, uh, control controlling your breathing and 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 staying at peace in your in your mind is 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 optimal for for you to get through that you know maybe strenuous hold that you're having trouble with. You just kind of uh, 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 you know get it down to its essence. It, it's all about the essence to me, and the essence is 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 breathing and being. I love that. So then what do you, how do you bring that essence in when you have all these external uh, volatile things around you? Like when you're touring, you can't really control what's going to happen. And obviously I'm sure lots has probably gone wrong naturally. So how do you make sure to 
remind yourself of that. Well, that, I mean, that lot, lots can go wrong when you're not touring too. Lots can go wrong at the grocery store or yeah. or in traffic or or where, what where, can wherever you at are. The grocery store. So it, it, yeah, in, in in your home. Well, I mean, you can just be like you know, you can just be you know, long lines and people sure. be being shitty and you know, and 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 other people being impatient. And you have to, you know, it's, 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 it's outside noise. So for me, you know, like I just, I just try to remind myself, I'm just like, you know, again, it come, comes back to breathing, focusing on something positive and, uh, and just kind of, you know, letting, you know, letting the noise fall away. Yeah, I hear you. I, that resonates definitely. Especially with everything that's good. going on. I think it's important to be like that. It's not always easy, but it's certainly good. And I think that the word, the operative word that you said, discipline, getting some sort of discipline, whether it's yoga or Pilates or something that brings you back to yourself, I think is very important as well. Yes. I yeah. would love to know what your very first concert was that you went to. My very first concert that I went to, I think I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And it was by, by a, group, a singing group called The Fifth Dimension, who had a bunch of hits back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Um, uh, um, you could look them up. Uh, the two main singers were Marilyn McCoo and uh, her, her husband, uh, Billy Davis, uh, Jr., he in particular was like, you know, she's an amazing singer. They they were a great group, and uh, a lot of great songs. I still listen to their music, by the way. Oh. And uh, um, but him him in particular, he was such a like dynamic on stage presence that I can tell you that something stirred in me that day. Um, I was I I was mesmerized by that guy, but uh, um, that was my first concert. Um, my first concert that I paid money to and went with my friends was Ted Nugent. Oh. Wait, so I want to go back to your first concert. You said that something stirred in you. What was it? Was it just the ability to move an audience like you were being moved or just watching people yes. on stage, that, that enjoyment of watching them? What was it that that um shifted watching what watching watching that guy absolutely own the stage and and control the 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 10,000 people that were in front of him you know what i mean including including me and including my and including my parents you know what i mean like he the 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 power of the moment first of all i love the music mm-hmm. i love the atmosphere I loved the I loved the exalted uh I loved the people on stage and that they were on stage and that we were there for them to entertain us but then I became a part of it like the energy in the crowd was you know I was a I was a part of a thing you know I was a part of an energy circle basically you know what I mean and the and, and it was emanating from the performers and I was really drawn to that. 
So when you started performing then, would you often think back to that concert or how did you make sure that you were also being a part of that thing and emanating that same feeling when you started, when you first started performing? Um, I, I mean, probably not, uh, um, probably not consciously, but I think, I think you carry your experiences with you wherever you go, you know, like, I mean, I mean, Lior, everything is memory, you know, let yeah. me think back to, Think back to me sending you pictures of my plants. That was a while ago. <laughs> that and, wasn't too and, long. And, and, and it was a while ago. It wasn't too long ago, but it was. It's still a memory. Sure. It's already happened. It's you a know good what memory. I mean? So, yes. I, I I agree. Um, but uh, but right. I I feel like that's you know we are we are constantly you're constantly making memories because you're just moving through time. You're moving. You're cutting. You're cutting through time like a boat through water. You know what I mean. So uh, you're 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 moving, 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 constantly moving, and uh, and and the things that pass you by, uh, you know, they're either intrinsic or they're nominal, and you 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 take you take the intrinsic and you you know you move past the nominal. So uh, um, uh, uh, that that's that's my that's my feeling about uh, uh, inspiration and experience. Yeah, but so when you formed Afghan Wigs, then in the eighties, when was that? In the eighties, that was eighty. It was uh, late 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 eighties. Late eighties. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was Halloween of eighty six was when we first Ooh. got in a room, and, and then we first played a show in eighty seven. So, what is that? Thirty three years ago. Thirty three years ago. Yeah. Do you remember that first show that you played with the band? I vaguely remember it. It was at the Jockey Club in Newport, Kentucky. <laughs> and there was not many people there. You know? <laughs> so, but wait, was it a success, or did you have fun? At least, like a personal success. It was. It was. It was totally a personal success. Come on, it was exciting. It was the. It was the first gig of our new band. Yeah. It was. It was. It, it was absolutely exciting, and and regardless of who came, it was still fun. I mean, we would play. When you're a young who who are you band, you have to go through that. You you are paying your dues, you know what I mean. Unless you're you know, I don't know, Oasis or something where like everyone comes to your first concert. But in 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 retrospect, I mean like all of that stuff. First of all, like driving around and playing shows, regardless of who came. I mean it it. it, it it, it bonded us all together, um, and and it made you figure out how to, you know, make yourself more exciting. You know what I mean? Like, how what can we do? Like, it's all it's all like it's it's all figuring it out, and and when you're figuring it out, that's 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 fun. That's exciting. It's 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 the it's the voyage of discovery. You know what I mean? So. Yes, that was very poetic. The voyage of discovery. Yeah. But once you started getting bigger and then touring across across the country and playing bigger and bigger rooms, what were the big differences then 
that shifted internally or with the band? Like, were there special things that you wanted for the performances as you got bigger, as you got more resources, you know? Well, I think, like, when we... Uh, when we signed to Sub Pop, that was a big deal uh, because we had we had a, a record label who believed in us then, and 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 a, a support structure that that allowed us to begin playing Europe. We started playing Europe all the time, so that's when we really started. We played a lot of gigs. We hustled our own gigs, and uh, but once we got a book, once we got a booking agent and started and had someone like putting us to work. I mean, we went to work hard. We we were playing, you know, a hundred, a hundred and fifty shows a year. You know what I mean? And uh, um, and you when you're playing like that, I mean, that's that's invaluable. That that kind of I've played probably two thousand shows in my life. Wow! And uh, uh, and a lot of shows. and that is yeah. You know what I mean? And like. I, I, I gotta think, I gotta think I've learned a few tricks along the way. You know what I mean? What those tricks are, uh, you know, I'd have to sit and think about that, but it, it, it's, uh, it, you know, it's the type of experience that, uh, you know, I would never trade. I, I, I've, you know, from the, from the, from the worst shows to the best shows, you're putting yourself in position to have the greatest time of your life. My my greatest times on stage are some of my greatest times of, of my entire life. You know, like when you have those, when you have a transcendent show, uh, when you have a show that like goes beyond all reason and, 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 and any, any, any feeling you've ever had from like, you know, sleep, a meal, sex, being loved, anything like that. Like it's, 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 it's electric. It's like being it's like being plugged into the universe. Yeah. What was there a show that stood out? Like has there out of those two thousand shows, is there one that you remember or at least just a handful that are memorable? No, there's not there's not one. There's there's thankfully, you know, probably in those two thousand there's a hundred of those. And you never know when they're gonna come. You you never do. It's just when everything lines up, you know. The, the performance, the audience, the room, the day, the song selection, the look on someone's face, the feeling in your heart, you know, like it, it's, it's, it, you can, you can never predict it. So are you superstitious at all? Do you have any things that you do to ensure that you are guaranteed to at least put yourself in the firing line for a good show? Like any superstitions or um, any rituals that you have? I don't have any rituals. I have, I have, I warm my voice up every, uh, uh, every time I warm my body up, I stretch. I, uh, you know, I make sure my heart rate is up before I walk out. Um, and, uh, and I make sure that my voice is, uh, is as limber as it can possibly be. And, uh, um, and I don't, I don't medicate in any way before I go on stage. What do you do to get your voice warm? Um, I do. There's there's a couple exercises, just like I do. Uh, um, I breathe into uh, an oxygen mask that's not attached to anything, and I I, uh, I I breathe three octaves of the vowel sounds into the uh, into the oxygen mask. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that technique. 
Where did you learn that? I learned it from an Italian friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing it now for 10 years. And it's, I, I, I will never not do it. So wait, so it's not attached to any oxygen. So you've got the mask on. And what does it do? Is it just something that makes the, it's like, it, it forms like a chamber? Yeah, it forms a chamber and whatever like uh, um, carbon dioxide you're, 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 you're letting out, mm-hmm. it comes back in, 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 a, in, a, in a different way. I forget how he described it to me. Uh, you know, even if it's not any kind of uh, physical thing, now it's such a mental thing for me that uh, I feel like once I complete that task, I know I'm ready to go. And I feel, I feel loose and I feel like my voice now has a, you know, has a chance to do, because when, when you do several shows in a row, sometimes, you know, like the voice will get a little, a little harsh. And then there's like, you know, there's, uh, there's some things that I, I, I do uh, hot water and cayenne pepper. That's a good one. That's uh, yeah. um, that's a, that's, that's a great one with some honey Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are things. If I, if my voice is sore, I'll, I'll bring in other things. I drink a lot of tea when I tour. Um, and, uh, uh, you, you know, just, just a lot of traditional methods as well. You know, you need some, uh, rooibos tea. Have you ever had rooibos tea? Of course. You should have, I should, if, if we, if Love you it. were in Chicago and this was an in-person, I would run home quickly and get you some proper South African rooibos tea. Who, what, what, what brand should I get? You can't get it here. I, I bring back boxes. Oh. I bring back like three or four boxes. Are you touring to Chicago? I could send, I'll send you a box of <laughs> rooibos tea. <laughs> I, 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 I will be at, uh, I will be at Metro. Maybe April 25th. Yes, Saturday, April 25th. I'll be in uh, Chicago. That's amazing. I'm going to bring you a box of proper rooibos tea. Please come. It's a lifesaver. I'll get to meet you. Oh, yeah. I'll we can have fun. I'll have some. I'll have some. Uh, um, uh, bring, bring, bring your husband so I can make fun of his accent. Oh, my God. Please, will you? Oh, and you can make fun of his height because he's like six foot seven. It's embarrassing. Oh, wow. People literally turn around Let's in the street. How tall are you? Oh, no, I'm not tall at all. I'm like 5'5 five, five or 5'6. Five, no, I'm a... Oh, wow. I'm, well, that's not... That's not, that's not, not painfully tiny. short, but... No, I'm like an average. That, that's a foot... That's a... <laughs> that's a foot... Uh, a foot... A foot shorter than... Uh, than your husband. I, I bet... I bet the wedding pictures are funny. <laughs> I do want to talk to you a little bit about... Obviously, you've toured with so many different people and bands. I know you toured with Mad Honey, um, gosh, and you spent some time opening for Neil Young, uh, who Neil I Young, have, Aerosmith. Yeah, Aerosmith, gosh, you've toured with so. And I, I, recently, I spoke with Lee from Sonic Youth, Lee Ronaldo, and he had some very funny stories about opening for Neil. About how he would be like stretching out and listening to the band, but wasn't necessarily like the type to hang out. Was that your same experience? I never met Neil Young. Oh, but you opened. I tore. I, I. 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 We opened for Neil Young for a month. I never met him. I met his then wife, 
I met his children. Yeah. I met everybody in the band. I met everybody in the band. I did not meet Neil, but you would see Neil. Neil was Neil liked to go into a room and play with his electric trains. Yeah. <laughs> He's a part owner of the Lionel Train Company, yeah. which I didn't know until then. And uh, he sets up a train tracks at his shows and plays with his trains. And and uh, I would see him in there, but I never I never spoke to him. But everyone on that tour was super nice. And uh, uh, we toured with Crazy Horse, which is my favorite incarnation of the Neil Young experience. And uh, um, and they were at, like, you know, they they let us watch them on side of the stage every day. Um, I I watched I watched Crazy Horse almost every night, and I would watch the whole show almost every night, which is actually unheard yeah. of for me because I I really you know once I see you and man I can see a concert and love it, but I don't want to come back the next day, you know what I mean? Like I just like I I, I like to I like to take it and then let it go, but uh, um. But man, they 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 were magnificent, and uh, um, uh, um, some of my some of my favorite shows that I've ever seen. The Aerosmith as well. They were heroes of mine when I was a uh, a young guy, and they could not have been nicer. Uh, um, I did speak with all of them and hung out with all of them, and they were really nice people. Uh, um, for the most part, like the the tour, like we toured with uh, um, uh, Built to Spill a couple years ago. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Doug is a sweetheart, great guy. Um, back in '92, our first big national tour was with Teenage Fan Club. Mm-hmm. Again, lovely people. So I've been really, really lucky with with the people that I've toured with. And, and the, the thing about touring is, is if, if, if you, it, there's no reason to not get along and have a good time. You're, you're, you're out there playing music. You're doing something fun. You're doing something that, you know, it's not that it's not hard work, but ultimately it's an escape for yourself and for other people. And you should treat it that way. And your, uh, the, the, the job you're doing is, is, uh, you know, you keep it in perspective and you realize that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a very lucky person to be doing what you're doing and, uh, um, and, and traveling the world, sharing your art with, with, uh, with, with people is, you know, it doesn't get it doesn't get much more beautiful than that, Leor. I feel I feel incredibly fortunate and blessed for my station in life. I hear that you are. I mean, especially because you've gone through so many different phases as well over all these years. And, you know, there's Afghan obviously you you've got beloved fans, kind of like a cultish loyal fan base in a good way. Um, to the things that you do. And I absolutely adore Twilight Singers as an exploration of another different side of your brain, Through though clearly obviously interconnected with, you know, Wigs kind of spiritually. Um, so how is it doing that project and being a part of that entirely different um, experience? 
Well, the Twilight Singers has been, you know, many different things. It, it that's sort of, you know, I I started the group as as a as a as a side band uh, when the Wigs were still going, and then when the Wigs broke up, it became my main group. I am the only person who played every Twilight Singer show, um, and. Uh, uh, and not only that, I'm the only person who's played every Afghan wig show because John Curley hurt his back back in 1992 and he missed three shows wow. and uh, the, the sound man played bass. So I'm the only one who's played all of those shows. Wow. So, um, That's an accomplishment. So there's, 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 a, there's a piece of trivia for you. Um, the Twilight Singers for me, uh, it became like there's a um, Marky e. Smith uh, was the singer of the Fall, and uh, he had a his he he, you know he changed the band all the time, and he he was fond of saying if it's if it's me and your grandma playing bongos, it's the Fall. Yeah. So to yeah so to paraphrase. Marky e. Smith, if it was me and your grandma playing bongos, it was the Twilight Singers. Right. And uh, um, and that's that's that was the Twilight Singers was my floating collective of me and whoever else was around for me to play with. I had a couple uh, 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 stable lineups for a while, but there was always a keyboard player change or a drummer change or or a guitar change. So um, the Twilight Singers was, was, you know, probably my first swing at, you know, leading a, you know, like a solo existence, but, but behind the, behind the, behind the name of a band, you know? Absolutely. But didn't you get to also record a Prince song with Twilight Singers? And what was that? Was that something that... Because I know that obviously covers have been such a big part of your history. You know, you've done like Supreme covers and Fuji, Fuji's covers. Um, I've done... I've, 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 I've covered every... Do you mean like when the Twilight Singers recorded with Apollonia? Yes, with Apollonia, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Well, she sang on, she sang, she sang on the second Twilight Singers record. Mm-hmm. And then we did when we did when Dubs Cry probably about ten years ago I think. Oh, that song. Um, she kills me. She she and I did it. Yeah, great song. He was the man. That best best shows I ever saw were by Prince. I was so. going to just ask you if there was a best show that you've ever seen. So now you've just answered it. Wow. I mean, all, all, all like I, I've seen I've seen so many great shows, but but Prince is hands down the greatest performer that I ever saw. He, he could do it all. I saw him in the, I saw him in the eighties, the nineties and the, the, the two thousands. And he was always spectacular. No one, no one could touch him. Uh, hands down the greatest performer I've ever seen. I mean, just judging, I think there's the the answer, honestly, when people, when I ask people if there's some, if there's somebody that they wish they had seen, they always say Prince. It's yeah, kind of he's, a... he's, yeah, I saw Prince 10 times. 10 times? Yeah. 
Do you keep any sort of like memorabilia from shows when you go to them? No. No. Just your memories? No. <laughs> Just my memories. <laughs> But okay, so to to end off, I do want to ask, obviously, now you're going to head on tour in April. The album comes out February 21st, if I am correct. Yes. And you are. it is so great. What do you, is there a song that you are dying to perform live? I know in retrospect, we've spoken about so many different things, but in terms of this collection of work that you've created and the messages that you have on this album is there something that you are particularly excited to perform i'm excited to perform the tide okay which is the fourth the fourth song on the record and it, it just has the most kind of like it that song will be incredible to play live it's it's rolling and and magnificent and rock and roll and loud and and I can't wait. That song right off the bat, that's the first one that comes to mind. Have you have you been able to tour across the world like to every like is there a place that you are touring on this particular album that you're excited to go to? Like it seems like you're well, very always, well traveled man, other than South Africa. I'm 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 always I've, I've not yeah not 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 been there yet but but all I mean always like I've been I've I've been touring Europe for 30 years and I still love to go I I went twice last year uh, not touring I went once on vacation I went once to do a press tour um, but uh, I I I love Europe I can't wait to go back I love touring America I love to tour. So like you know, I, I I haven't toured in a couple of years. I haven't been on a tour bus in in two years. So wow, I'm, I'm excited to get back out there. Yeah, I, I took I took uh, I took my time this time, and uh, and and stayed off the road and worked on a record and and this was you know I, I've been waiting for this moment and now it's here. Is there a song that you feel, I don't know, this might be a strange question, but it just popped in my head that I'm wondering and curious about. Is there a song in all of your, not maybe not your own music, but maybe just music that's really moved you, that if somebody had never met you before and you were introducing yourself, you would play them that song? And it's not a song, I don't want a song that would like tell the person what kind of genre you like. More so, just the feeling of who you are. So, like a good introducing song. I would, I, I would play the song "Reveries" by Paolo Conti. Okay. Because that song, that song feels how I feel. This must be the gig is produced by Adam Kibble. We'd like to thank Dean Berger and Daniel Brater for additional music, as well as the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey! If you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at TMBTGPod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again.
Everyone's trying to get you to buy more stuff. Instead, head to StubHub so you can celebrate the season at a game or show. Take the whole family to the ballet, bang on the glass at a hockey game, or sing along with your favorite artist at a concert. StubHub has the best selection of seats for all the events you want to experience with your loved ones, and every ticket is 100% guaranteed. Get to StubHub.com or their user-friendly app today. StubHub, S-T-U-B-H-U-B, be there. Consequence Podcast Network.